0: What's going on, my Secret Mentor family? Welcome to another episode. Today, we got a special guest in studio with us, hailing from Brooklyn, New York, Howard University alumni with a bachelor's degree in political science and sociology. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Crystal Hensley. Now, we know Howard's slogan, truth, and service and we know that you're in a solar field so it's imperative that we get some truth and service from you today can we get that from you today
1: nothing less
0: that's all we need that's all we ask for (laughs) that's all we ask for
1: nothing less
0: so a lot of people are not really familiar with solar farming Mm -hmm. which you are the first Black CEO in America. Is that correct? Black woman. Oh, my goodness. The black first black woman CEO in America. We have her in the studio today. And I think we need, like, an audience clap or something for that <laughs> alone. But for the people that are interested in getting into the solar farm industry, can you give them a little backstory on how you actually got into it? hmm Okay.
1: Well, um... I'm Crystal Hansley, and I'm the CEO and founder of We Solar. We Solar is a community solar organization that allows people or gives people access to um, shared solar, meaning you don't have to put panels on your roof. You can tap into a local off-site um, solar farm and receive solar credits, and it's as, it's as if you received... Um, Is as if you have rooftop solar the entire time. So it's just a new virtual technical way of tapping into solar industry without actually having to put it on your roof.
0: Hmm. So how did you actually get started in this field in the first place?
1: Well, I stumbled across this. Uh, I took a break from my government political background. I worked on Capitol Hill. And after the Trump administration Um, took it, you know, became, um, the thing and was was ready
0: to relocate.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, we just lost seats and, um, in the house and the Senate. So there just wasn't a lot of upward mobility for staffers. And I was looking for something new and the private sector, um, is something that I stumbled across and I actually had a passion for, um, the renewable energy space after selling cars. And um, oh, a salesman. yeah, I actually took a random car saleswoman job and I wound up selling um, electric vehicles and I was the only black woman on the sales floor. I was the only woman on the sales floor. And I mean, these middle aged white men was just not really that um, interested in the renewable energy cars or the electric cars. They knew about the Corvettes. Okay. They knew about the Silverado's. But, I mean, there was a niche for me in that sales job. And I did really well in selling renewable cars. And I'm like, hmm, I think that I could go into this industry and find something comparable um, that's not as stressful and so that's how I stumbled across Neighborhood Sun. That gave me best of both worlds because they was looking with they were looking for a salesperson, but they was also looking for someone who had a political background to create the political infrastructure um, for the new industry. And Maryland was one of the first states, I think it's like thirteen states, to actually implement a community solar pilot program. And I'm like, hey, here we go. And the company I started with was Neighborhood Sun. It's my brother organization. We still work together um, with We Solar. And so the founder of Neighborhood Sun, Gary Skullneck, pretty much gave me my wings in the industry and now um, brought me here.
0: And that's really interesting. Because it sounds like to me that you've been always an ambassador of sorts. <laughs> so you're currently always just constantly trying your hand in new things and not afraid to put yourself out there and say, okay, I know what the industry norm is, but I'm ready to step outside that, and introduce them to what's going to be the new norm. Exactly. So what would the gathering of information stage look like for someone that's potentially trying to get into the solar farming industry? Like, Because a lot of people don't know where to get started. So what would that look like for them if they just wanted to gather information?
1: Yeah, I think that's actually um, the biggest learning curve um, for solar or community solar overall is that people just don't know that it exists um, or they don't know about the resources. And each state have their own portfolio or connections or organizations on the ground that serves as outlets and you know deal with the implementation of such pro- programs. And so for instance in Maryland you can go on wesolar.energy okay. and that's my website. Hey. And you'll be able to find the utilities that service um Maryland um which is you know PEFE, if you're in West Maryland or BGE um if you're in Baltimore Baltimore County, Howard County, Montgomery County, um Harford County, um, or if you are in um, Pepco, which is, you know, Montgomery County, moving closer to, like, southern, northern Maryland, going to southern D.C. Uh, I messed that up.
0: So you service a lot of Maryland. You don't just service a small portion or or anything of Maryland. You service in multiple. I thought at first, initially, I thought you were just serving uh, BG&E, but mm-hmm. you're saying you service Pepco and all these other how do you form formally these partnerships with these different groups?
1: Well, pretty much, um, we Solar, um, my brother organization, Neighborhood Sun. There's three parts to the community solar field. So one are the developers. So once a developer, they're the ones that actually purchase or lease the land that the farm is located, um, and they're the ones that procure the contracts um, and the funding for the actual solar. Infrastructure. Okay. And then they said, okay, we've procured the land. We're building all these solar panels on this acreage of land. Now we need household. We need a contractor to do the customer acquisition, to do the sales, the marketing, to actually right. fill up these Farms to say, hey, we 2,000 households virtually um, will be able to benefit from this offsite solar location. We need a contractor to actually deal with the customer facing portion of the industry, and that's where we so that's comes where you in. come in. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so if I was to try to be one of the contractors to procure one of these contracts potentially, because initially when I hear solar farm and I think oh this is a grandiose project how do I even find funding to start something like this so I'm thinking I have to buy the solar panels (laughs) and buy go broker and get a good broker and find a farmer that's willing to let me set up a shop there get a lawyer to work out the deal but you're saying as an independent contractor you can pretty much partner with multiple different people exactly so how do you actually get that Contract. What does that contract process look like?
1: Well, I think for We Solar, being it's my first contract, and I'm, you know, I have several contracts under Neighborhood Sun. It's just my experience in the industry. Um, You have to have credibility. Okay. And people, especially, let's say, for Baltimore residents. And you've also done outreach um, with Neighborhood Sun when I was employed with them and Shake and Bake.
0: What's and, so on the soil?
1: Yes, putting the information out, you realize that there were a, a lot of barriers to the community, actually even trusting those who live within the community and look like them. Um, Very true. And so you kind of have to have both. You got to have to have people who are passionate Um, And also, like, an infrastructure in a way in which you communicate it. um, And that's what they're looking for. So if you was to, you know, have an interest in implementing Community Solar or being a contractor, you can also contact WeSolar because I am expanding my team. For instance, I am taking on two projects in New Jersey. And so once, you know, WeSolar is officially launched um, in June – we will actually be in two states by then.
0: So y'all will be expanding as well. Yes. So, okay, since you're expanding your team, how does you go about building a team? So what would you say the keys to success in building a great team of independent leaders to go out and spread this message and say, hey, look, we need to have be a certain level of passion derived every time you go out and speak to people to make sure you have The answers. Yeah. How do you actually sort through those people or even find those people?
1: Well, I think um, two things. For one, people are really um, passionate and love what we do as a company, the mission. So bringing affordable energy, solar energy to the hood, um, environmentalists, cleaning up our local grid, um, offsetting our carbon footprint, And so people who want to be a part of the green movement, which it's a youth movement, they're like, how can I play my part? How can I um, help the environment? I'm just one person. What is it that I can do? Then you can join um, and be a part of a community solar team if there's um, a pilot program in your state. And there are states that are coming online. Um, And so, yeah, if somebody who is really passionate about sustainability and making sure that there's a future for generations that come after us, then joining or being a community solar advocate with We Solar um, or other community solar organizations that's in this space. Yeah. That would be, you know, a good way um, a good entry point. And so what I would look for is someone clearly who's enthusiastic about spreading the word um, and someone who has a network that they'll be able to channel and do outreach with. Um, Uh, And so like your church, if you're part of a church or a religious organization, um, if you're part of a book club or um, you have family members who you think would love to, you know, have you over for a house, you know, presentation and, you know, you bring yeah. sandwiches and like, hey, let's come listen and learn about this um, community solar pilot program in our state. Um, so, yeah, it's two things, passion and also having a network of people that you be able to share the information with.
0: So good influencers. So it's different levels of influencers but anybody can be an influencer, basically. Right. So you can then bring if you have the passion behind it, and you can create that believability and resonate it with other people, and leave it in them, and say, "Okay, look, this is why we're doing this—to make the world a better place." essentially, exactly. right? Exactly. You're looking to make the world a better place. So, for a person that might be confused, can you explain briefly uh, what what is the difference between a solar farming company and mm-hmm. something like Solar City?
1: Okay, so yes, yeah, Solar City is pretty much um, a company that put solar panels on your roof. And I believe they um, do residential and maybe commercial properties. And so, yeah, typically if someone is like, yeah, I'm interested in solar, they're the traditional solar customer, meaning they have a home, um, their roof potentially is viable for solar panels and conducive for solar energy, and they will contact a solar um, city to say, hey, I want you to come and assess my home, my mm. roof, Um, and see the size allocation that would correspond with my energy needs and go from there. Um, The major difference between a traditional solar company or someone who's interested in traditional rooftop solar is that community solar opens the solar market by 80% because you don't have to have... a huge margin. It is. It brings it to those who did not have it historically, meaning... I'm an apartment dweller, so no, clearly I don't own a home and I don't have a roof for rooftop solar to be a thing.
0: But you still want to help positively impact the earth.
1: Exactly. I want to make sure I have green energy and I also want to save money. And so that's the major difference where it allows folks to access solar via these off-site shared solar farms or um, community solar gardens And you give the savings similar to rooftop savings, and um, you're also offsetting your carbon footprint at the same time. And it's not just for homeowners or the middle class anymore, it's for everyone. So that's the main takeaway um, of Community Solar and We Solar's mission is that we're bringing. Solar to everyone, not the selected few.
0: That's absolutely amazing. (laughs) And I say that for a couple of reasons, right? Because like you said, there's a lot of people that might want to change up and get clean energy, but they can't have it because of where they're located. But also at the same time, as a homeowner myself, I look at it like, hey, let's say I get these solar panels placed on my roof. Initially, I would probably think, okay, I own these solar panels so I can kind of do what I want. But in the back of my head, I also have to take in consideration when it's time to replace the shingles with my roof, what am I do with these solar panels? I got to remove, remove these and then <laughs> replace them back on? Right. So it definitely is a def- different approach. That's a great competitive advantage. Right. So does it have a huge barrier to entry as far as investment, initial investment? What does that investment look like to start a solar farm?
1: Well, that's a really good question. Um, one, most of my um, audience is actually two-pronged. Um, They wouldn't actually need to start a solar farm because the farm is already procured through um, just a bidding process through the state. And so they would just if one is interested in joining community solar, um, they can be a community solar advocate, meaning they can Mm. sell solar shares um, and also become a customer themselves to make sure that their own household like yourself um, hmm. Is receiving solar energy, and so big ups to you! For... Hey, so you can
0: get some shares in there. There you go.
1: And also, um, <laughs> Yeah, you do have a portion of the farm, um, and also like with We Solar is a startup, and so I am doing a crowd fundraising soon where you can get in and have shares in my company. Okay. Um, so look for that down the road. So how would um, people find that? We Solar dot Energy.
0: We Solar dot Energy. We're going to link that, so we're going to be able to reference that later on.
1: Yes, we definitely have a crowdfunder, um, which you know the community and those who look to be a part of this startup green um, revolution um, with me and take this journey on with me will definitely be able to ride the wave and get in on the ground floor. That's the key thing. Imagine those who got in on the ground floor at Amazon.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Or Tesla. If they didn't give up their shares, they're doing pretty well right now. Exactly. So um, would you you have any particular tips or advice that you would give to somebody as far as finding funding or any particular platforms that you would advise since you're currently using crowdfunding yourself to find funding or is it any grants or anything for this particular type of business?
1: Oh, so right now I am doing a friends and family round. I haven't gotten into um, outside investment yet, but I am reaching out to friends and family. And I will open up to um, crowdfunding or Kickstarter um, a little on maybe phase, phase two of my company. Um, but phase one, I am what they would call bootstrapping and doing a friends and family seed round for investment.
0: Okay, so yeah, it's always good to start off with friends and family. Not only do they get a chance to support you, but also they get a chance to work with you and understand more about what's going on. And they get to say, "Hey, you didn't, you left me out." When no, no, I gave you a chance, the opportunity to come in. So this is your opportunity right here. Exactly. So <laughs> and they what, keep you on your toes too. Exactly. <laughs> then you gotta be and they gotta be aware. So they don't will say, "I don't know what it is that you do." Exactly. Because you get that chance to explain to them. Now, I think customer interaction is a big portion about what you do. So what is your, who is your ideal customer and how do you onboard them?
1: Mm, that's such a good question because that's literally the bread and butter of my business model. Um, I would say my ideal customer is anyone with a utility bill within the service area of my farms. Mm. So, for instance, right now I am in bg and and i'll be going into the camden market in new jersey oh camden market okay yeah so anyone who have a utility bill in those jurisdictions is my ideal customer and primarily um older um, household members because they're the ones who typically have some type of connection to an organization that we've used traditionally for outreach so those who attend, like, the local community association meetings, um, that vote in block or those blocks tend to be older people, like 55 and up. The more um, audiences. Okay. Yeah, and um, I would like to see more millennials and hopefully when, you know, we solar, I know when it's Splash that it can actually bring a new demographic of customers because that's my mission is to include solar for everyone, not just for older Americans that traditionally um, would be at a community association meeting to learn about this new pilot program as a resource, um, but for younger um, audiences who are also will be more impacted by climate change and exactly. the environmental um, calamities that come from that. And so, weather is crazy. Exactly. <laughs> and so, the very population that is. Um, the more direct in line to be impacted should be the ones that actually, one, reap the benefits of something like community solar, such as the savings, um, but also okay. be more inclusive um, and being a part of the green movement as well. Any
0: uh, best practices for getting reoccurring customers? Cause you need people to keep coming back or at least to recruit for you, ideally. So what about scouting potential prospects or getting those people to come back? Any just quick ideals on that?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I I learned a lot with Neighborhood Sun, um, before starting We Solar. And I think loyalty and those customers, for instance, like when you signed up with Neighborhood Sun, um, you did not receive your benefits right away at all. And the reason why you stayed with us, um, until the project actually took off, is because you knew us you knew the personal relations you saw us in the community and you had the trust with the organization and so customers don't have a problem your your startup and they see that wow the portal is down they're not going to say oh cancel my subscription it's like no we know that this is a beginning company we believe in their mission Hmm. we want to help you succeed and so what keeps that loyalty is that one, they know that you're a local small business owner in the community. So when they see me in the bank and they see me in the grocery store, they know I'm not lying to them. They can pull up on me anytime. Crystal, in, what's in. going on? Like you you are robbing me or something like that. So transparency is is huge in yes. the trust factor. And when people know like, wow, this is our local yeah. grown community. Solar energy company that's in our own backyard, people are more does likely it, does to Does it stay, cost
0: anything to be a part of this? It's is no. a new customer... What would it cost me to join this? Because it's, oh, it's too many benefits to not cost me. What is it going to cost me? Tell me.
1: It would just cost you your time.
0: My time? Yeah. A signature? Exactly. And I get savings. And you get savings. Up to how much?
1: So, depending on your income, we have two programs, our okay. open program and those who fall within low and moderate. So, just as a reference, a household of four, if you make under $80,000, you will qualify for BG&E, 25% off. If you're in the PEFE, you tell 30% off. <laughs> Hold on, 25
0: or 30%. That, I'm going to put this in perspective, right? Because I, I remember as a kid having a dollar. Right. So, I feel like a dollar is the best way to go about this. I just go to the store. And I would buy a top pop and they was 50 cent. I don't know if they that no more. I used to buy ice cream sandwich. Everybody was get on me. They was 25, 25 cents. Yeah. <laughs> and I would buy a strawberry cheesecake uh, pastry for whatever reason. There's a lot of sweets, I know. But that was a dollar. Mm-hmm. Now you're telling me they would give me 25 or something. That I can go get me an extra one. Exactly. Yeah, so I can save that money potentially and use that for a vacation because I see everybody vacationing now. Right. You tell me I can save some of that money to vacation potentially later on. You
1: can save that money to vacation. You can save that money to create economic resilience mm. in the middle of this pandemic.
0: Exactly. You can
1: save this. You can save that money to use for um, a savings account and because these solar contracts are good for twenty years. Imagine one who's just paying their utility bill regardless, and you just had the savings and you put it in a CD or a savings bond, oh. uh, with interest. Now you interest-bearing accounts. Okay. Exactly, you've turned that six thousand dollars um into seventeen thousand dollars um over twenty years, and so it's just a no-brainer. It costs nothing. You just save money when you sign up.
0: <laughs> That's that, like you said, it's no-brainer, but. Because it sound when I hit contracts I hit solar like I said it sounds like such a a big thing yeah it sounds so expensive I gotta know it gotta have some type of licensing or permit requirements or something what is it thing what did it look like
1: so yeah like what's the entry barrier one you have to have a bill okay. So let's say you're, you know, no, you're,
0: I, as a person that's trying to get into the farming industry, not as a customer this time, as if I'm trying to start my own solar farm, what what does that look like as far as obtaining? Do I have to get a permit or anything? Well, that? I'm
1: just going to be honest. That's not my side of the fence um, because I deal with the customer acquisition side. Oh, okay, that's okay. Right. Because there's two, there's two parts of the industry. You have the developers and yes. then once they've financed, once they've uh, procured the land the contracts the bidding process then they take on a subscriber organization that deal with the customer acquisition and sales and marketing so as far as like the a side of the industry before it comes down to the b side okay. um you know go on university i mean maryland.org um and i can put in the exact link that explains like the steps for solar developers so let's say a community member actually wants to build their own solar farm um they can go on maryland's energy website to figure okay. out the steps to that
0: so the 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 person that's building the farm has to worry about all of those contracts that's oh yeah and the these stuff. i mean but on your end you don't have to worry about all exactly. the special licensing and permit no. requirements which is excellent.
1: Right. My contract is different. I have to worry about the customer's contract and, you know, retrieving the -hmm. personal information um, because there's, you know, a barrier. Like, you know, for some contracts, the developers do require a FICO score requirement, um, particularly 680 and above. And I would like to hone in on that point because that's the reason why I started WeSolar is because... When this industry first started, there wasn't a low and moderate income contract that allowed um, underserved or underrepresented communities into this program. You had to have a 680 credit score. You Mm -hmm. had to have two forms of payment. You had to have um, sign a 20-year contract. And that, for a community that has been historically exploited by energy companies promising them savings, is actually a big turnoff. Someone telling you that you have to sign a 20-year contract. I don't really understand renewable energy space as yes. is. And one, I don't have the credit score. Um, you know, it leaves a lot of people um, outside of this industry or the benefits that this industry provides.
0: So we solar is breaking the boundaries between Exactly. That because the people, i'm the downtrodden and getting everybody involved everyone saying,
1: because one i yes i do sell the open contracts which have 680 requirements or also commercial businesses but i wanted to focus on the contracts where you know there's a lot more teaching involved because there's a learning curve in our community where people don't believe people knocking on their doors promising them energy savings yeah. and if i've grandma of 88 years old was bamboozled by joe smoke knocking on the door i would tell her to to not listen to those people either including me and so you know that's, that's why i'm building a team and your previous questions like well how do you get people interested you tap into other influencers where they're like oh i i may not trust the guy knocking at my door but i trust susan may at my church and she you know brought in a whole community of folks um, like one of my um, customers, Miss Yvonne Logan, I met her at a community meeting.
0: Okay. and
1: Miss Logan brought in her her parents, her kids. Um, and that's the same thing that I'll continue to do and build on um, in Maryland, in Jersey is finding oh, wow. local advocates that's also passionate about it that can break the barrier in our communities because there's a trusting and yeah. anyone that take on this journey, Um, with me and say, Crystal, I want to be a community solar advocate. I want to sign up and bring solar to my hood. How can I be a part of this? You will notice and come across the same adversity of folks just, like you said, this is too good to be true.
0: And It's interesting that you bring up marketing and how you be able to tap into, like you said, friends and family and, hey, you're referring me based off a good business. You're bringing good business to the table, so they're going to want to tell people about it. Say, look, I experienced a savings, so now I want to share that with you. What would you say as part of the acquisition and marketing side is the best way in your opinion to market this type of business? What platforms or what I what's the best way to use cards? Yeah. What do you th- use to market this type of business?
1: Right. Well, I think um, you know, in these times of COVID nineteen, um, with social distancing, Um, The best way to market is digital marketing. Um, Any particular platforms? Yeah, like Facebook and Google, obviously. Google ads, Facebook ads. Um, It just has a huge reach. Um, Plug in your zip codes and your demographic. Um, And yeah, boom, ads a pop up. And so I would definitely say digital marketing strategy, campaign, um, on-point messaging, um, knowing your audience, and also building those community relations um, because you got to have folks on the ground and people to vouch for you um, as well.
0: Okay. Well, we're about to wrap up, Sam. But before we let you go, I need to ask you, what is the number one book or app that you would recommend or website that you would recommend to somebody that wants to gain more information about getting into this space? Because you're the ambassador for black women throughout America right now (laughs) and stepping into this position. Oh, wow. And... As that person, it's a little girl somewhere that's looking at you and saying, "I want to. I like, want to do that when I get older." What book at a website would you point her to to get started?
1: Oh wow! Um, hmm. So you mean started in my industry or yes, just like your industry? Well, I would say go to my Facebook page, okay. which is We Solar Energy. Um, my website, www.wesolar.energy, or Twitter, WESOLAR Energy, and you will find more information about the company, the mission, um, how I got started, um, what other um, endeavors WESOLAR is embarking on, and definitely you can always reach me um, at crystal at energy if someone wanted to contact me um, directly.
0: So... I'm guessing that's the best way to get to you. So thank you again for joining us for another episode of My Secret Mentor, our special guest, Miss Hansley, and check her out on all those platforms. And as always, remember, dreams plus action equals life. Hey, right before you go, I would like to leave you with my top three takeaways from this conversation with Crystal today. Number one, build credibility within your community. Community is a relative term. Basically, what I mean is go out there and actually foster relationships. It's imperative that you show and do what you say you're gonna do. That is gonna be your lifeline. That is the thing that's gonna propel your business to the next level. Number two, embrace change. Crystal spoke about how her journey started off on Capitol Hill, but as she evolved, She was able to transition into a sales position, and that sales position led her into the solar field. Be a person of adaptability. Be a person of value. Be a person that embraces change. Number three, go to where your customers already are. It's not always necessary to try to reinvent the wheel. And sometimes, as entrepreneurs, we get so wrapped up in ourselves, we rely on old, outdated techniques such as cold calling. While cold calling can work, sometimes it just doesn't beat that true, real interaction of face-to-face communication. So show up where your customers are so they can feel your energy and they can look you in your eyes and you can relay that passion for what you're trying to do for them so go out there and service your community with all you have and until next time remember dreams plus action equals life